All right, Ron, here today, our guest is Cody Jefferson. And, and you know what's amazing is he, he was a former pastor, had his life flipped upside down in so many different ways that how on earth did he not only survive, but he thrived through it. Absolutely. I mean, his story and how he explains it, it went from, you know, he thought he was kind of at the top of that mountain, if you will. And then I think it was eight short months, like everything changed so drastically for him. And so many people could have just said, oh, why me, why me, why me? And that's not what he did. And his story is super powerful. Absolutely. And, and then another little bit that I can't wait for everyone to hear, to hear and learn is the $40,000 benchmark or hill or uh, just $40,000 number in his mind that had this little stigma, but he was able to overcome that as well. Yeah. And I think so many of us have that type of benchmark that we haven't given ourselves permission to get past those. Well, let's get to it. Have you ever wondered how highly successful entrepreneurs think? So did we. So we asked hundreds of entrepreneurs a very simple question. If they had perfect hindsight, what advice would they give themselves? I am Corey Carter. And I'm Ron Cool. Join us on our journey implementing and sharing all of our learnings while we hack our hindsight along with our guest hindsight to give us all better foresight. Listen along the way as we find and unlock their secrets that made them successful through hidden traffic, joint ventures, and much, much more. This is Hindsight Hacking. All right, welcome everyone. Welcome back to Hindsight Hacking. And today our wonderful guest is Cody Jefferson, and he is the founder and CEO of Embrace the Lion and the creator of Lion Method, the number one group coaching program for high-achieving men and women looking to adopt the right support, beliefs, habits, and community to create success in their businesses. Now, Co Cody has a, an amazing story for, for us all to, to hear today, and uh, among all his accomplishments, the climbing back from the, the deep end of, uh, of life is, is probably the most inspiring thing that I'm looking forward to hearing today. So Cody, thank you so much for joining us today. I mean, come on guys. It's an, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. I love it. Let's go. Well, thanks Cody. We're, we're blessed to have you. Um, you know, I'm excited to just hear more about embrace the lion. Um, so for our guests that don't know you, uh, if you can give them a little bit of a backstory and kind of bring them up to where you are today. Yeah. So I am born and raised in the beautiful state of Oklahoma, AKA God's country. <laughs> and, uh, exactly. I love it. And so, man, I, I had a, an upbringing that was uh, probably a little different than most, uh, but then some would say similar to their story. I, uh, I was raised in a divorce home, um, lived with my dad, worked a lot, like single parent providing, was raised a great deal by my grandparents. And so that threw a bit of a different uh, framework to how I view life and how I view legacy, uh, being raised uh, a great deal by my, my grandfather and my grandmother. Fast forward to my 
late teens into my early 30s, I was in ministry. So for 13 years, I was a pastor, a youth pastor, a worship pastor, an executive pastor, like any of the hats you could wear in the church, I wore. And I got really, really good throughout that experience and even through my teenage years of, of becoming addicted to affirmation and sacrificing everything on the altar of what I perceived to be success. Right? Sacrificing my family on the altar of my ministry, sacrificing my own mental health and mental well-being. I came crashing down in 2015. And so in 2015, I went through a, a very public divorce uh, while in ministry. I didn't step down out of ministry because there was no reason for me to, like there was no failing or anything. Um, but in the course of that year, walking through that, I also buried eight family members and friends from an 18-month-old niece to uh, an aunt, to a mentor, to a best friend of 18 years, to a 19-year-old sister, all completely unrelated leading those funerals and still showing up every Sunday as the guy who had everything under control. You just need to pray more and give God the glory because he's going to get us through this until my body like threw up two middle fingers and said, no, no, you're not. Ended up going septic um, from the stress, adrenal shutdown, thyroid scramble, hormonal shutdown, and uh, lost 25 pounds in three days. And it was walking to the bathroom in the hospital carrying that stupid IV (laughs) tree and uh, looking in the mirror and saying like, nobody's going to save you. Like, are you like, are you going to have to fill the scripture of like actually losing your life to find it? Like you're drowning and nobody is going to come save you. There's, there's no, there's no rescue line. So what needs to die in you to become that you said that you'd be? And that's the question that for the past Three and a half years I've been asking myself every day, what needs to die in you to become the man that you said that you'd be? So I stepped out of ministry, right? And uh, I thought there'd be a lot. uh, We both came to a mutual agreement that like I just needed to go. I thought that would be a longer season of like a six-month transition. Turns out it was a two-day transition. And so I stepped out with, I didn't have any, I had nothing. I didn't have the identity of, uh, you know, being a husband anymore. I didn't have the identity of being a pastor anymore. The only identity I'd ever known. I, did, I had my son half the time now, so now I lose the role of like dad all the time. I, lost, I just didn't have anything. I mean, I had a mortgage, I had bills, I had child support, I had insurance. I had all the things that everybody has right now, but I had no income. But I knew what I wanted to do. I knew that like there were other men like me walking through this exact scenario. And I was looking far and wide for things that could help me through it that weren't some sort of like Kirk Cameron, way of the master, like just pray more. I didn't need that shit. I already been to hell. Like, I don't need you to tell me. Like, like, I already know. And I created it. And that's where Embrace the Lion was born. And it was originally Embrace the Lion of the tribe of Judah. But that didn't really go on a bumper sticker. So it was taking, it was taking a look at everything in my life. Everything that's brought me to this place is my fault. Wow. My fault right? The security that I had put in one single position, the identity that I had tied to it, the ways in which I had sacrificed everything and put everyone I love on the back burner for my own self-perceived success, the way that I was a yes man to everyone, like just a, just a, I mean, I don't know if we curse on your show, just being a bitch, like the, all the time. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, but thinking I was doing the right thing, like, well, I'm just doing the right thing. I'm doing what I'm called to do. I'm doing what a man is supposed to do. 
And so I created Embrace the Lion. And so we focus on four key pillars, head, heart, health, and habits. How do I treat my thoughts? How do I treat my time? How do I treat my body? And how do I treat my relationships? And now we've, uh, we've grown to over 4,300 men leading every single week. Uh, it's absolutely extraordinary. I get to travel the country. I get to speak to organizations, to conferences, to schools, to individuals. Um, it's been an amazing season, uh, an amazing journey of legitimately coming back from losing, more, like starting from less than zero and coming back. And so for everyone that is listening right now and you don't know where your next check is going to come from and you don't know like what next month is going to bring and you feel like the rug has been swept the hell out from under you and you're pissed because it's like, no, I prayed the right prayers. I gave my tithe on Sunday. Like I've done the right thing. I've done the right thing by my company. I showed up on time. I stayed late. I've done everything freaking thing that I know to do and this bullshit's still happening. I didn't ask for this. I don't like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. I, I get that. I understand. I understand full well. Oh man. I got goosebumps here. Um, so 2015, uh, the nightmarish year for you, yeah. like what, what was that turning point? Like how, how did you, uh, it, you know, it probably didn't happen overnight, but how did you actually make the switch and, and truly move forward. Yeah. So it was almost overnight, like the decision. Okay. Now the transformation, right? So if you would have seen me in 2015, right? Like I'm about 170 pounds now. I'm fairly what we'd call, you know, like yoked. I'm in shape and uh, I'm covered in tattoos, neck tattoos, arms, hands, knuckles. Um, if you'd have seen me back then, I had a few tattoos, but I was like 130 pounds, you know, just rail thin, wearing skinny, you know, just, I, I was just that kid, a little hipster, right? At 30, uh, 32, right? 36 now. And the decision was made overnight. The transformation is still ongoing, right? The transformation will never stop because I continue to ask the very same question every day, what needs to die in me to become the man that I said that I would be? And that, that takes a radical amount of personal autonomy to recognize that the way that, again, I'm either treating my thoughts, my relationships, my, my body, or my time, right? Like, am I utilizing what I've been given to the best of my abilities? If not, then I need to be honest and objective about that and where the pivots happen. And so uh, let's, let's get really practical with this if we can, because I know like hindsight is 2020, right? Yep. And we're in 2020 yep. right now. And yep. this is hindsight <laughs> hacking. Yep. One of the best decisions I made when all shit hit the fan was I, instead of getting super overwhelmed because the bills were coming, like I didn't have like a government bailout. I didn't have checks coming in the mail. Like I didn't have any of that, but I knew that I had certain skills. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew that I had, you know, 13 years of stage experience and leading teams and organizations and like thousands of people. Like I knew how to do what I did, but I didn't have that audience yet. So while I knew what I needed to build, 
that didn't pay the bills in real time. So while I was building my high income skills and listener, you need to hear this. You need to develop high income skills, skills that solve big problems that are the, the, the payment is not contingent on an hourly transaction. These are high level problems. And right now is a great time to do that because for most of us, we're at home. We have more time to devote towards learning and becoming that person that we said that we wanted to become. Now, I had a lot of low income skills. So I'd been a licensed mechanic for, oh gosh, 19 years now, a licensed barber for 18 years. I know how to build websites, do graphic design, copywriting, voiceovers. Um, I was a professional musician for 10 years, so I know how to track music, play music. I had all these things that I could do. So I started cutting hair out of my house, 20 bucks a head, and I was doing like five to 10 haircuts a day. I went to my local high school, and I was just saying, hey, anybody that needs a haircut, come over. Coaches, I'll cut your hair for free. If you send your teams over, I'll do everything I could. In town, I was going to businesses saying, do you need websites built out? Do you need like social media campaigns built out? I was buying Harleys that weren't running and I was fixing them and flipping them for a profit. So buy them for a grand, flip them for three. Well, there's 2K. I know I need 4K to live. So if I can flip two Harleys, if I can do 20 haircuts a week, if I can build out two websites a month, like I'm starting to patchwork all of this together and I'm making more money than I made when I was in ministry by doing what I loved and I was at home just by solving like again, kind of low, low income solutions, right? These aren't, these are like 20 bucks an hour thing, but over time and compounding them, they added up. So what, what problems can you solve now with the skill sets that you have now that, that can allow somebody to move forward faster while also focusing on these higher income solution based skill sets that you may not have now or that you may need to refine? And then getting the people in place, the mentors, the coaches, the consultants that can then help you refine that product, service, offer, skill set that you have to take it to market and become an expert in what it is that you do. I love so much of what you just said. So one, you're talking about the final outcome, yeah. but you understand you're not quite there yet. Right. Right. And instead of complaining, moaning, bitching, and waiting, yeah. and just hoping because hope is not a strategy uh, that, that, that will happen. Right. Yeah. You said, yeah. Hey, this is what I can do yeah. to help me do X, Y, and Z while I'm learning these other pieces. I think that's yeah. the piece most entrepreneurs and probably most people that listen to the show, yeah. they forget about like they all of a sudden they're like, I don't need this small level stuff. Cause I'm thinking big, I'm thinking right. big, I'm ready to go. And, and they forget they still need to do these smaller things because that does translate sometimes into that bigger solve for people. Listen, there's, there's so much, there's so much entitlement because of the way that, that, that we've been raised and the way that the economy has been for so long that like, no, I don't do those things. Shit. When your bills aren't being paid and when your kids are hungry, the hell you won't. Right. Like th there's yeah. never been a better time to solve problems than right now. Like I have a client who onboarded in January, in January, and he wanted to help chiropractors. He wanted to help chiropractors get leads. Cool. Great. Made an investment with me. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you how to run like click funnels. I'm going to show you how to build campaigns. I'm going to show you how to do all of this because you believe in this so much. 
So he builds out some very simple campaigns, right? Like we're talking simple, simple. He invests in a program called CF Design School, uh, which is run by a friend of mine named Catherine Jones. I think like a thousand bucks. And you can literally learn how to turnkey build a business for marketing. And so he takes that plus the investment with me in, what, what are we in now? April, in the late February, early March, when all this kind of started hitting the fan, he, like, he started to pivot his messaging. So we start talking about how to pivot because he wasn't making a great, he was making maybe three or four grand a month with his, this side hustle he was building. My friends, literally in 30 days, he pivoted his messaging. He, he pushed it to a national level. He said, I'm gonna take a thousand bucks and I'm just gonna run some traffic. I'm gonna see what happens. He's done over $160,000 in a month. There you go. Like there's never been a more opportune time to, to pivot and solve problems, but it means you're going to have to start thinking differently and ask, asking questions that you didn't ask before. And it means that you might have to take a step back with some humility and recognize, okay, if I want to do this, where's it going to take me investing in myself or to acquire a skill set in order to solve those problems? But yeah, the entitlement, the idea, idea that like oh well i just des like i don't deserve this the, the the fuck the the world doesn't deserve this asshole like everybody's scared everybody's feeling this everybody's got anxiety it's a real yeah. thing i've got a daughter with an, a, a compromised immune system right like i've got a wife with two autoimmune diseases i've got another daughter with asthma like i, I get it i i get it I also am an entrepreneur, meaning like my shit was never guaranteed from the beginning. <laughs> right. Like y'all just starting to feel like what we feel every single day now. It's going to be okay. We just have to focus on solutions instead of problems. Give yourself permission to feel what you're feeling. Listen, and when, I, when I lost everything, I was overwhelmed. There were nights that I just cried and cried and cried. I would wake up in panic attacks. talking about this. Yeah, I would wake up in panic attacks, like real, like real, like can't breathe soaking sweat panic attacks because you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but you have to own that for what it is. And then you have to get back to the reality that, okay, but I'm still called to solve problems. I'm still called to provide. I'm going to figure this out because that's what I do. And if there are people around you that are saying, no, that's not the solution. Like, no, you can't do that. Get them the hell as far away from you as possible. People ask me, how many friends you still have from like, you know, three, four or five years ago? None. Two. Like most just don't get it. That's okay. Yeah. So you, 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 when did, uh, we, you start with embrace the lion and, and 2016, we incorporated in 2017. Nice. And then your coaching method, um, mm -hmm. you know, like how do you take that guy that, is going to go help chiropractors like how do you is it just one-on-one -on -one? is it the group is it like how do you get him to believe in himself in a different way to go make yeah. 160 grand in a month four grand yeah so here's the beautiful thing uh so up until this point everything has been one one-on-one -on -one to me like i've run some groups in the past and they've been really successful but i have loved working one-on-one -on -one. and it's it's it is high ticket working with me as an investment as it like we i have a hundred percent success rate and so that's not an arrogant statement. I just only work with people I can help. 
But what I've recognized in growing the community that I've grown is that there are a lot of men and I work with women as well, but there's something about helping men step into that power that is really, uh, that really resonates with me without being overly dictative or authoritative in their life and like yelling at them. Um, if that's the kind of coach you want, there's a bunch of those out there. Um, I was just far too pastoral for that. And so what I've actually created, so you, you mentioned lion method. So I, I am in the process right now and it will, I'm, it will be live by the end of this week. I am going to open a community up for men and it's going to be like less than like your monthly Starbucks bill. And we're going to do weekly coaching. We're going to do daily deep dives. It is going to be continual. It's going to be ongoing forever, just a monthly continual program. Um, and I'm going to show you every strategy every single day on how not only I am winning through this, but how clients are winning through this, how men can win through this, um, how we can pivot, how we can take care of our body, how we can take care of our soul, how we can take care of our families, our marriages, our kids, how we can take care of our finances, how we can learn to solve different problems. Um, I, I really feel like everything has been preparing me for this moment nice. to give back. Yeah, I think every skill that you had, you're able to pour into this passion where yeah, in turn, yeah, it, it truly is. And, you know, you look back at every part of your life and you're putting little pieces of those into this project to help thousands and thousands of men. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, especially right now, people are just, they're scared. They're not sure what to do. Yeah. But I, I've said the world will polarly change yeah. after this event because people can actually see, you know, especially if they don't have work for 30 days, they're going to go, gosh, maybe I could do X, Y, and Z. Totally. And what if that X, Y, and Z does more than what I'm working? Do I need to go back to work? Yeah. Or my kids who were at school, my wife, you know, finished their homework or schoolwork in two hours. So what are they doing for eight hours a day? Right. You know, so I think there's going to be a lot of changes that will happen because of this. But that kind of keys me back into a question for you. Um, how did you get not only your clients, but you, how did you give yourself permission to make that change? Ooh, that's such a good question. I've never been asked that question before. It's, it's a hard one and, and it's one that I struggle with because, you know, I have, so I have three little kids and, and I want to be home with them. I want to do this, but something always gets in the way and it boils down to I haven't given myself permission. So that's, that's yeah. more of a question just I'm super curious about. Yeah. Breaking down the construct that work and job and position has to look a certain way. When I was growing up, my dad worked, I want to say like 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. at night. He just worked. And I never thought anything of it. I was normal. Like, my dad's just doing the best he can to provide, right? Like, that's just what he does. He wasn't, he was present at everything that he could be, right? And so in my mind, I'm like, this is what a dad does. Dad's just, they just get shit done. And like, as long as we had food on the table and we, like, so like, we didn't grow up the way that most like single bedroom trailer, like we, I didn't grow up like silver spoon. I like, I didn't even have a computer until I went to college. <laughs> like I, I, it was just what, that wasn't me. Now what I did have was like land and a pasture and like crazy wild animals and like weird stuff. Um, 
and that was normal to me. But then when I stepped into to min, well, when I I started managing a garage in high school. Why? Because I was there longer than anyone. I was just I was managing forty year olds at sixteen because I had the responsibility because of the ethic that my dad had put into me to work. I became indispensable in the church because I was the guy who literally wore eight hats in some weird bullshit way of proving my worth and my value by my usefulness. So I would legitimately, I was salaried. So I would work. I mean, I'm talking like 16 hours a day, all in the name of God, but also all in the name of being a man, because that's what a man does. Exactly. And then I, I got into what I'm doing now. And it took me relearning what I understood about money because money was always scarce. Money was always hard. Money was always something that like we didn't have a lot of. And people like I was taught like people like me, I was told this, like I was called trailer trash when I was a kid. Like people like you don't grow up and have money. People like you are this, people like you are this. You grew up in this small town in Oklahoma. That's not who you are. And I had to I had to retrain my brain in like what my own self-worth was. And I'm killing myself in positions but I'm also like, I'm not living this abundant life. And I wouldn't give myself permission to make more than like 40 grand a year. Because I remember when I was a kid, I think my dad made 40K. I didn't understand benefits or insurance or 401K. I just knew that number. And so I'm like, I can't make more than that because my dad works harder than me. I don't deserve it. And then I get into this and I start learning different aspects of money and the energy of money. And I start giving myself permission to to be okay with earning and then actually changing my narrative about the energy and the transfer of, of my skill for money. And then I have a, then I, I make 40 K in like three months and I'm like, Oh gosh, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. And then I make 40 K in a month. And it's like, I, uh, it, it, it's another level of like, I don't know what to do with this. And then it's 40 K in a week. And then it's, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. And then I, when I had my first 40 K day and I, again, like, this idea that, okay, what if this can be? What if I don't need to feel bad about this? What if I'm solving the problems that I'm called to solve? And this is just an exchange of energy. This is an exchange of value. Like, why do I need to feel bad about that? If, I'm, if, if the investment to work with me is X, Y, Z, but on the back end, somebody is making a quarter million dollars, or like a construction company I worked with, right? We, over the period of six months, we, we pivoted their, their, we one, got all of their company uh, to develop a very robust morning routine and adapting to the four pillars of ETL. And then inside of that, we also started sending out email campaigns to all of their client base, helping them develop themselves and their families. And then we pivoted with an offer. In six months, we added 1.6 mil to their top line. Wow. Worth it? Absolutely. So I started to see, wait a minute, what I do is actually quantifiable. And I don't need to feel bad about this because I'm, I'm helping other people put more money in their own pockets to spend more time with the people they love doing the things that they love, being more charitable to the things that they love to see the world change and, and expand. And we're not afraid anymore. So no, th this is my, this is like my God, like given responsibility. So shifting that, giving yourself permission to say like, just because I've been taught that it has to be hard and it's not for somebody like me doesn't mean that's true. It's a story I'm telling myself. But that story doesn't have to be true. 
what makes it true outside of the repeated narrative that I can consistently tell myself. Again, hindsight. Hindsight, what are all the stories that you've told yourself over the course of your lifetime that simply just don't hold water anymore? So many people, uh, after the age of 33, something like 95%, uh, a Harvard study says, 95% of our thoughts are the same thoughts that we saw, thought the day before. So talk about hindsight. None of us even give ourselves the opportunity to look back outside of trying to justify our current bullshit circumstances by a past that we get to remain a victim to. We don't look back on it and say, what could I have done differently and how can I pivot today to ensure that tomorrow, which is just a continuation of today, doesn't repeat yesterday's bullshit, which is a continuation of everything I've done since the day I was born because I continue to believe the lies that everyone told me is true. I don't buy that anymore. So today it changes. Hindsight for me is going to be nothing more than continuation of everything that I said that I could do. And I'm only going to align with that moving forward. Uh, wow. You an you're answering my questions without asking them. That's pretty great. <laughs> That's so, oh, don't get me. Uh, listen, you can take me out of the pulpit, but you will never take the preacher out of me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's funny, like I've had that same mentality growing up, like, you know, I was 13 delivering papers because I knew if I wanted something that was outside of the necessities, I was buying it myself. And so I traded every single bit of my yes. time I could to earn the dollar to get the things that I wanted, right? And that mentality from the time I started that paper route, delivering at 5 a.m. in the morning as a teenager, until literally... I don't know, five years ago, I believed that I needed to work that 16 hours. If I wanted the money, if that was the only way, right? Yeah. And, and I would trade and I missed so many things in the family uh, from during, you know, with my kids and tell them no so often because I was busy working, right? That I, and I didn't understand there was a different way other than the get shit done mentality. Um, right. So like it's, it's, and that's what we're taught though, man. Like, yeah. and listen, I love Gary Vee. I love all the hustle grind guys. Like I love them. I think it's amazing, but it creates a very, very, it creates a false binary that it's either this way or it's no way you're either working 20 hours a day or you're a chump and you don't deserve shit. There has to be a balance and, and listen, I get it. Balance is a misnomer. I get it. It doesn't exist, but there has to be prioritization when you're clear when you're focused, when you understand how to organize your day, when you understand what flow state means and how to operate in flow state and how to stay focused on task, you can get more done in two hours than most people need done in eight because you're not screwing around. You're not twiddling your thumbs, especially when we talk about working from home now as everyone migrates home, right? Like creating boundaries for yourself, saying my work day exists here and at five o'clock, four o'clock, three o'clock, whatever o'clock, I'm shutting this shit down. I'm shutting it down. So that means that I have six to eight hour window where I need to be in peak state. So I need to know exactly what I'm doing every single day. I need to know where my hours are going. I need to know what my, what my eyes are going to be focused to. I need to know what I'm checking off my list and I need to remove every other distraction. I need to remove everything so that I can do what I need to do. Right. Well, Cody, what about like, yeah, but I've got kids who are homeschooling now. Yeah, dude, our kids homeschool. Welcome to the club. I know it's, it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. <laughs> and it takes so it, it can drive you crazy in the beginning, but you learn 
through repetitive action and through setting boundaries. Kids love boundaries. Adults love boundaries. So we thrive in them. It gives us more freedom. So by you setting the example of saying, hey, listen, this is what I'm doing right now. You're going to be doing the same thing. You're going to sit your happy ass down and you're going to get on Zoom with your teacher and your class and you guys are going to do work. And that's it. Right? Yeah, it's about creating those routines. Creating it might robust, be a yeah yeah it might, might be routines. yeah it might be a different building you're doing it in, but yep. you know my my wife's been very good at nope the kids are going to get up they're going to have breakfast they're going to go get oh, dressed yeah. and they're going to sit down and go to school just like they would normally do because routine is important to them. It's it, listen, things fall apart. When, when we, you know, when we, when we have chaos in our daily structure, what a lot of people are going to start finding, I think over the next few weeks if they haven't already is that they're falling apart at home because they don't, they didn't recognize that they were in routine, what they called the grind of waking up, getting dressed every morning, commuting to the office, doing their thing and commuting back home. It gave them a sense of normalcy that they took for granted. And now that they don't have to wake up, they're not, and it's throwing every bit of equilibrium off in their, in their life. So that yep. one of the best things you can do is if you were waking up at 5 a.m. To, to do your morning routine, shower, and go to the office, keep that same routine. Keep that same routine. Even if, even if you're furloughed right now, even if you find yourself out of work right now, treat that time, that same time that you are devoting to your job, Listen, hindsight, right? Hindsight. Another one of the other reasons that I have created what I've created is that when I found myself out of work, I didn't just fuck off those hours. I, I kept a consistent work schedule. I filled it with other things. I filled it with working on bikes. I filled it with cutting hair. I filled it with building websites. I filled it with doing graphic design. I filled it with learning. I, I read a book a week and I was just regurgitating all this information into business structures. I was emailing people. I was doing everything I could to get my name out there. I was doing everything. I mean, it was a grind. But then when it stopped, it stopped. And when it was time to go pick my kid up from daycare, I picked my kid up and, I, and it was just us. And now I'm happily remarried. I have a family. And so now I have to be even more regimented but it was easier than most because I had already done it. Yeah. Well, and now that you are remarried, new family, I find myself in the same situation. Mm -hmm. And my wife, this is her second marriage. I joke with everyone, just go to your second marriage, it's better. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> if, if I, I believe that because I think you learn so much through the divorce and the negative and all this stuff, you know what you don't want you know how to safeguard that outcome yeah. you know you know if you do if you look back you're like okay yeah i caused x y and z um i don't want that i remember my wife and i our second date was about life and what we would want out of it and if her and i could give that to each other mm -hmm. and yeah. it was just a very honest and real conversation right and i think that's so important yeah. But that's why the regiment and the not repeating the same mistakes is so vital. And I think totally. 
I, I don't repeat the same mistakes or I try not to, especially my wife will probably listen to this and argue, but I try not to repeat the same mistakes in my personal life. Business, yeah, sometimes it's not, not that yeah. easy. Yep. Not that easy. Well, and you know, listener, don't get it twisted. It's still hard. In the midst of this incredibly unique season that we find ourselves in with, with people being scared and economy doing very interesting things, um, I'm spending more time on the phone with people. I, I, am, I am inundated with uh, probably around like two, 250 messages a day in my inbox just from people who don't know up from down right now. Um, I get it. And, and for me, again, wearing that, that, that hat that is, is still very empathetic and pastoral and, and wanting to help people move forward. I have to be very careful with my time because I, I, there are times that it hits four o'clock or five o'clock and I'm still going and my wife will come in and say, Hey, what you doing? Right. So just because we are regimented in our routines, like even for, even for me, a guy who preaches routine and preaches habits and preaches all this personal autonomy, like it's still difficult, especially in season right now where, where there are so many people who are scared and who genuinely need help, or just, even if it's just needing help getting out of their own way and telling a different story, right? Like the more, the more that you can be dedicated now to creating those consistent starts and stops, right? The, the easier it is as time goes on, wherever you find yourself, whether you go back into the same workplace that you were in and things return to uh, a sense of renewed normalcy. I don't think anything's going to be quite like it was. Um, or you find yourself in a position where you've created something and now you have an endeavor that allows you to stay at home and, and, and do that. And now you've given yourself permission to, to actually go all in on yourself. It's going, the, the more that you can create the regiment routine now, the better. But it's not it's not easy for anyone, right? So, you know, it's been um, in this weird times, right? Like, you, I'm included in this group of furloughed people. Yeah. Um, and how do you get somebody to not play the "woe is me" card, to not say this is happening to me, and instead do the opposite and be like, "Hey, this is an opportunity." Right. Like right. This, in my, in my opinion, this is my chance to have somebody burn the boats for me. So yep. now I can move forward and make something happen that I've been wanting to do anyway. Right. Like how do you, totally. how do you get somebody to, to give themselves like to, to really just have them see that viewpoint to, to move forward and make the best of this and be more present for their family and yep. like, do all the things we wanted to do anyway. So this is, this is so good. I love that question. Start doing different shit. Start doing different things. Listen, when I, when I, like, I had gone through so much, when I went through a loss, I have just burying, I, like, I felt like I was burying a family member every month. And these weren't just like random people, these people were like my closest people. So not only it, like, is my identity gone and I'm losing everybody that I would have ever like shared a conversation with about that. And then my job is gone. I was mad. I had a lot of, and a lot of people listening to this, you're just pissed. Like, and you don't even want to give yourself permission to be pissed because then you feel bad for being pissed because you look at how like much worse off somebody else has it. And so like, I don't even have permission to be pissed. No, you do. You can be pissed. Like you can be frustrated. You can be angry. 
But understand that's a form of pain. And if you don't transform that shit, you're going to transmit it. You're going to transmit it to your kids. You're going to transmit it to your spouse. You're going to transmit it to everyone around you. Like you're, you've got to transform it. And so for me, that looked like pushing and pulling heavy shit. That looked like getting a, a like it's called a bob. It's like this torso uh, that's, that sits on this base. And, it, and like, I just started looking, looking up boxing tutorials on YouTube and I started boxing and I started getting into weightlifting and, and running and I was in wrestling through school and, but I just kind of let it go. Like, again, I was just kind of a scrawny guy, but I was like, if I'm going to transform, everything's going to change. So I started putting in, I'm like, I've got the time. And I always said I didn't have the time before. And that was my excuse. I don't have an excuse. So I was in the gym for an hour and a half every day. I was running every morning. I was running every single night. I, was, I didn't have time to read. Well, shit, I got time now. So now I started devoting to reading. There were certain skill sets that I didn't have, which I didn't have time to learn. Well, I've got time now. So when I started to see, shit, this isn't happening to me. This is happening for me. All the things that I said that I wanted in life that I created an excuse in my current life to justify my stagnation and my bullshit and my victimization and my entitlement and all the ways in which I couldn't have the things that I wanted because I'm just so busy and well, I got nothing but time now. So now I'm going to do the things. I'm not going to sit and bitch about things. It doesn't solve anything. I'm going to start doing the things that I said that I was going to do to transform my life and to say a year from now, who do I want to become? Because if I recognize that that person is nothing more than a mirror of what I start to do today and the daily actions that I take, you show me what you do. I'll show you what you believe. I don't give a shit about what you say or post online or any of that. Show me what you do. Show me what you actually do. And I'll show you what you believe. Like you show me your daily routine and what you commit your time to, I'll tell you why you're successful or why you're broke, frustrated, stressed out, overweight, and unhappy. Show me. Now, I got a caveat because I know that there are some people who have disorders and there are people like, we've got a special needs daughter, my wife has two autoimmunes. Like I understand there are certain ways in which we've got to create you know, caveats, but for the majority, Right. And those people are never the ones that make excuses anyways. So true. So true. Um, I am, <laughs> you left me speechless there for a second. I mean, there's so much to what you just said where people buy into their own BS, right? Oh, um, or, it, it, listen, we've, it's, it's not even that it's anybody's fault. I did it. Right. Like I bought into the lie that like, I just need to it, listen. I'm, I'm a spiritual guy, but like, I just need to pray more. I just need to wait. I need to trust in the Lord. I need to believe in the miracle. And it's like, so many people are waiting for Jesus to appear and help them walk across water when I'm just like, listen, like God's given you the, the ability to build a fucking boat and sail across the water. So why don't you just start doing that and, and using the faculties that you've been given to start solving the problems that you're waiting on a deity to solve when he's saying, yo, I've already given you everything that you need. Like, can we remove the scales from your eyes so that you can see that everything you've needed, you've already had. If you'll just step out in faith, you're never going to walk out on the water unless you take that first step out. So true. I've, I've had this conversation with very religious people. I'm not going to say their names because they listen to the show. However, 
you can wait for, for God all you want. You can, you know, you I absolutely. Do. I know 60 but, year olds. I have copied with yeah. 60 year olds who have said like, I just know there's a call on my life to be, to, to be a communicator and a speaker in all my life. Pastors and people in the church have been telling me, I'm like, okay, well, what have you done? I'm just waiting on yep. God. What are you doing right now? I'm a janitor. Okay, well, that's cool. Listen, like you got a word in you, I can tell, but why are you not doing anything with it? Well, I'm just waiting on God. Are you, you're 60. That's okay. Yep. But like you've waited for what? Like for what? Yep, you have to take a step. You got to take the step. In order for God's vision to work, nothing's given to you. You have to move towards that. And if you're moving towards the wrong direction, he's going to, of course, correct you. Yeah. But you have to move. You have to make a decision. You have to to say, that's the direction I'm supposed to go because that's the calling I'm supposed to be feeling. Uh, Especially, you know, now in this time, you're, you're doing Facebook lives. You're out there helping so many people. Um, you're using this time to get this message out. And I could almost say through all the hardships you went through and being at that church, you're probably reaching more people now. Oh, than you I, ever I, have. listen, I, I say, I, I say this all the time that the pulpit was preparation for the platform that God had planned for me. Right, that I had Absolutely. to step. I had to step out of the church to step into the true call on my life. And listen, Absolutely. I love the church. I I love my my over decade tenure in ministry. Love the people. I, I just a deep love. Um, but yeah, like for me, it was I needed to step out to step in. Right, and 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 listen, I I I pushed the church away for a long time. I pushed I pushed spirituality. I pushed all of it away. When I said yeah. that, and for some of you, you're going through that right now and you're cursing God and you're raising a fist to the sky and maybe a middle finger. And you're saying, if this is what faith is, I've tithed, I've prayed, I've done all the things. Like, screw this. I get it. I've been there. The cool thing is, is that regardless of where you land, regardless of what you believe, right? Like, I believe that, that God is bigger than your frustration, your fear, and your wandering, right? Yep. Yep. And, and I recognize that, uh, again, when we talk about the, the water story, like, the, the Jesus, even if it's a story, even if it's just a story, yep. the character of Jesus didn't come up to Peter, grab his hand and like piggyback him onto the water. This is what wasn't some like one set of footprints in the sand bullshit. Like right. this was him have terrified having to step out into the water himself. Yep. For you listening, like, I don't really, I don't care what you believe. We all believe in something. We all have faith in something. You have faith that when you breathe in, you're breathing in there. And you, when you step out, that you're going to walk on those legs that work. Right? So we all have faith in something. Far too many of us put way too much faith in the institution that we thought was success, the institution that we thought was stable in our economy. But what's being asked right now is, will you step out on the water? It's scary. You don't know whether you're going to sink or swim. You don't know. You don't know. But I can tell you, so long as you will step out, there are going to be those of us that are standing on the water who will help pull you out should you get too scared. But it takes you stepping out. And me, I walk with people. I walk with people every single day who are ready to step out and say, I don't know what tomorrow is, but I'm going to walk toward it. Wow, Cody. So I, I heard you speak with Catherine Jones on an interview on her platform. Yeah, the first time a, a little while back, and 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 you moved me then, and that's you know that's why I had to reach out to you when all the craziness started happening because I knew 
I knew as, as much as our listeners need to hear you, I know I needed to hear you. And, and so like, just love listening to you speak. And, and, and so I guess my, my question from this is if you had to give someone direction to say, Hey, you've got one thing to do to take that first step, to move forward just a little bit, to start the inertia, what would you tell them to get going on? If you could look a year from now, if you could get a, a, a pad and paper, nothing sexy, right? Just, just get a pen and get a piece of paper. And if, if you weren't afraid, and if you could do anything and you could be anything, write that down. Who is that person? Who, who could that person become? How do they walk? How do they talk? How do they dress? How do they treat others? What are they doing with their time? How does it feel? Where are you at? When you look around, what do you see? Get as detailed as you can about that image and write it down and let that be the compass, the true north as to what you devote your time. Because so long as we have, listen, as long as we have something to walk toward, we can then reverse engineer that into the daily action steps that it takes to get there, right? Like, but until I can create a map, I need to know where the hell I'm going. And so for so many people, they're just wandering right now. And what do we know about wandering? You can wander for decades and decades and decades and decades and get nowhere and be absolutely where you started. But if, if, if you can create a north, if you can create a vision for what life can look like in the midst of this season and past this season, and if, 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 you, can, if you can get creative, which means that you have to push the fear aside, you can dare to dream, then we can put an action plan to it. But right now, That's... the one thing that you need to do, the one thing is that you need to honor the fear for what it is, then you need to push it aside and you need to let hope take over. And you need to chart out, like, what do, who do I want to become? Who could I become in a year? And then from there, it's, it's strategy, it's application, and it's pivots when necessary. I love all of that. Holy smokes. Uh, yeah, I... I'm really excited you were on the show. Uh, I know probably most of our listeners are like, oh my gosh, I want to connect with Cody. Where do people find you, Cody? Yeah, so we could like keep this really formal and say, well, I, I have like an application process if you want to have a conversation with me. Dude, just go, <laughs> just go to my Facebook page, like just my personal page. It's just Cody Jefferson. It's a probably a picture of me and my wife right now. And uh, just, you can shoot me a friend request shoot me a message so that it doesn't go into the spam folder because like I try to check those, you know, really <laughs> frequently, uh, but they get overwhelming at times. So just send me a friend request. Let me know that you're coming here from this podcast uh, so that I know how to put the dots together. Or you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, you can always shoot me an email, Cody at embracethelion.org. Um, but the fastest way, you just shoot me a message on social media. Listen, I, for the past nearly two decades, I have been a man who has devoted his life to stories. And as I am in the process of writing my own and helping others define what that looks like for them, the only way that I can do that is by hearing yours. So shoot me a message, shoot me some voice memos, tell me your story. I'd love to connect. Awesome. And then your, your, your program that you're launching next. Yeah. Week. For men, it'll be lionmethod.com. 
lionmethod.com. Lionmethod.com. And that, that will be up uh, by tomorrow. Well, sure, so for those sure listening, see, it's, it's April, right? And it's April 2nd right now. April 2nd, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm sure you'll see two uh, fellow people uh, joining. Yeah, here. exactly. Uh, so, but, uh, yeah, oh, April 2nd. Yes, it is uh, my anniversary with my wife. So, Well, and like, you yeah. know, for, for so many, time is kind of in a vacuum right now. And yeah, days okay. are kind of melding into each other. Uh, for us, I mean, again, this is how we've lived life. So it's very routine for us. But for so many, this feels like some sort of chaotic end times. Yeah, it's definitely like, okay, what day is it? It feels like Sunday. I'm in my, my uniform of my sweats again. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, we need to go back to those routines as we talked about at the start of the show. So that's it. Um, all right, Cody. So amazing, amazing stuff. And I'm so thankful for, for you, for your message. Uh, and, and for you to share it with us. Um, I know you've kind of been on a tour of, of, of sharing your messages uh, with other interviews and, and I'm loving everyone that I can see. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks brother. Hey, listen, it's an honor. And yeah, when all of the speaking gigs got pushed back, uh, because obviously I'm not traveling right now, uh, it, was, it was something that I just don't normally do, which is just to say, hey, if anybody just wants to have a conversation, like let's spread some hope and some joy and some like tactical applications so that like hindsight six months from now, we're not wishing we wouldn't have sat on our hands and like looked at the yeah. sky, right? Like, so uh, it, it's an honor to, to be here and to share a, a conversation with you guys. This has been one of my favorite uh, conversations I've had. Uh, it's been a, it's an absolute, absolute joy. Thanks Cody. And we appreciate the time, the honesty, uh, and, and I love the spiritual piece of it where I think people get caught up in religious organizations where spirituality, you know, sometimes. Yeah. So I love that. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, Ryan. All right, everyone. I truly hope you got something out of listening to Cody. I know I sure did. So selfishly, I loved that episode. I know there's uh, a lot more than two takeaways for this episode, but two that I want everyone to just kind of noodle on, if you will, is try not to limit your beliefs. I think we go out there and we, we set on a journey, but we already set this end game so low that either A, we know we can hit it, and that's why we hit it that low, but don't limit yourself. And then the other is, you know, as he talked about, there's four pillars he has. I hope you have four pillars that you live your life by, but his four pillars is head, heart, health, and habits. So make sure you're checking, at least if you don't have your four pillars, maybe adopt his Embrace the Lion. Absolutely. We uh, definitely, we got so much out of, out of Cody's uh, show and his message and, and, and his heart that I, I just, I can't wait to enjoy and start that journey on his Embrace the Lion method. Uh, but for everyone now, thank you so much for listening. Uh, please go like, share, and review our show. And then check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hindsight hacking. And as always, thank you for being the best part of the Hindsight Hackers community.